0: All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the true Players Broadcast, episode 140, and we got everything you need to know about the first four days of the NBA restart. Who's hot? Who's not? Clippers versus Lakers, TJ Warren, James Harden, everything you need is right here. You guys are going to love this episode. Sit back, enjoy. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me that intro music. You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with clips in Drew, the True Players Broadcast, episode 140. We finally made it to the 140s, Drew.
1: Yeah, we're in 140, and it's a big It's a big episode. I mean, we, we're we actually officially playing regular season basketball, I guess.
0: We, we are. We've been waiting for this for five months. Um, we, yeah. we wanted to hold out a couple days. We wanted to get a couple games under our belt before we drop this episode because yeah. – you know, a lot can be said for the Clipper-Laker game the first night. There was, And then we kind of wanted to see how teams bounce back the second night. So we're recording this right now Sunday afternoon. It's about 4 p.m. Uh, we have a big game coming up tonight with Houston and the Bucks. But first and foremost, let's start with reopening night, Drew. Um, you yeah. and I were both very excited about this night. There was only two games scheduled. We had the Pelicans and the Jazz, which was a really good game, followed by – Clippers at the Lakers. I love saying at the Lakers, right? Sure, sure. Um, but the, the the Pelican Jazz game was interesting, right? Because obviously Zion, who looks like a fucking unit, bro, like this guy. Yeah. And does he look fat to you? Because I got a lot of people that hit me up. He doesn't look fat. He looks gigantic. And his ass is enormous, Drew.
1: Yeah, he just – he looks like Zion. Like, you know, it doesn't – that's exactly what I expected him to look like. I think – you know, when we're talking about his weight and the kind of the way that he's going to look for the rest of his career, I don't expect him to be skinny ever. Mm. You know, he's naturally big and he, and he, you know, to play that position and, and to be as powerful as he is, he's going to use that muscle. I think, you know, essentially when he gets into prime shape, I don't think he's too far away from that. Um, he'll just be a little bit thinner, a little bit more trim, but he'll just have muscles everywhere like he already has now. And I that's the – so, I mean, in that game, that's the big – that's the big problem I have with that game. I mean, we can jump right right into it at this point. Uh, Zion was on a minutes restriction, and for whatever reason, the minutes that they chose, uh, <laughs> Alvin the Gentry minute. chose to use him were way. Were <laughs> exactly, it's like, dude, the game's on the line, and you know, maybe maybe put Zion in in the last four minutes of the game if you only want to play him four minutes in the quarter, not in the first four minutes. And, and that was that was a very, very good opening game. I thought uh, I thought the Pelicans were going to take care of business pretty handily. They got a little bit of a lead in there. And, you know, Utah really misses Bogdanovich as much as they, you know, still performed in that game. They absolutely need him to create shots and, and be able to score on that team. Uh, without him, they're just – they don't look the same. And they I don't. think with him, they would have won handily. I don't think it would have been so close. Um, but – Big win for the Jazz, honestly. I mean, for the seeding and things like that and, and for momentum, that's a huge win for them. And for the Pelicans, it ends up being a really, a really, really bad loss now because their road is is much tougher to get to that nine seed and, and solidify that nine seed to make sure that they can get into the, into the playoffs here or like that play in game, uh, especially with Portland playing so well. And the good news for Pelicans is that Memphis has kind of dropped some games here, but just keeping it on that game Zion looked amazing when he was in the game Lonzo looked pretty good Ingram looked real good uh, for the Pelicans and Utah was still able to, to win it in a close one That's but that's that's like ideal what we wanted to see like this is a great matchup between two, two teams and it went down to the wire which is awesome
0: Zion definitely knew he was on minute restriction and used every one of those minutes to perform I mean he didn't waste any time attacking the basket you know the first play first, first time he touched the rock went right to the rack lay up at the left I mean Not too many people can finish like him. He creates contact so freaking well. Um, You know, Ingram ended up with 23 and eight. And in this game, like, it looked like he was just so hyped to play. And he's been in his bag all year. He was having his best year ever. And all I kept saying to myself is like, God damn, this guy reminds me of KD right now. Just the way he shakes and bakes, he could pull up from anywhere. You know, and and KD's got the handles too. He had the hezi, he had the jumper, you know. He's got KD written all over him. And it's funny because Ingram had averaged 39 against the Jazz in the first three meetings they met, you know. So he was giving him 39 in the first three and then gave him 23 and 8. Yeah. And and back to what you're saying, Bogey, Boyon, you know, accounts for eight three-pointers a game for them, can create his own shot. You know, I like Donovan Mitchell. I like Joe Ingles. You can't help but like Mike Conley. But they just don't have that guy right now. And I don't even think Donovan's that guy that's going to get – if you look at their top ten highlights of the year, it's all bogey hitting game winners or putting them ahead. You know what I mean? Right. They love bogey so much that even before the game, you know, they do a little shout-out to him because they miss him so much, you know?
1: Definitely. I think you know in this scenario, the part of the reason why Bogdanovich is so big for them is because without him, the defense can really just naturally now focus on Donovan Mitchell exclusively. Mm -hmm. Like that's that they know that's their main option, and he had to take a lot of really tough shots over the course of this game, and you know he still ended up with 20 points, but was you know seven or six of 14 from the field, which is you know not that's that's not solid Mm -hmm. uh, at all. And Jordan Clarkson, who was a big pickup for them, ended up leading the the team in scoring with 23 points uh, on 8 of 17 shooting. But I think you're absolutely right. Without Bogdanovich, I don't see this team. You know, even though they won this game, I don't see this team making it out of the first round, regardless of whatever matchup they get in. uh, Whoever it ends up being in that in that you know four five matchup, which is probably where they're going to end up. You're just not deep enough. I I think that.
0: They're not yeah, they just
1: that. It, the only way that that it changes is if like Royce O'Neal or um, Ingles really starts to step up that scoring level to you know accumulate for the missing Bogdanovich's numbers that he would be getting you know eighteen to twenty a night. If they if both of those guys can step up and start you know maybe jumping up to that 15, 18 point a night game, um, maybe they can get something going. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. The the one thing that I did think was you know pretty interesting and we've seen some posts about it was that Gobert essentially caused the the the, the, uh, the COVID break and the pandemic and the shutdown of the NBA and he was the first one to score a bucket uh, in the resumption so I thought that you know that was that's something I should mention and the two uh, three that, throws that's worth mentioning to it. is that the guy that ended the season yeah right yeah he exactly he sealed it he sealed the game with free throws as well so he's he looks good and so does you know the rest of the team looks fine it's just I, they're not they're not going to do much, I don't
0: think. No, I, I totally agree. And, again, like, going back to that end of that Pelicans game, like, Zion should have been in the game. The game was close. And, like, to me – and I love Alvin Gentry, okay? It's been in the, he's been coaching for 20 years. Like, I get the minutes restriction, the 15 minutes exactly. But, yo, dude, if you're trying to make these playoffs, like, these are the kind of things you got to sacrifice, Right and they they had a quick interview with like the president of basketball operations it wasn't griffin if i'm not mistaken who they were talking to but they were basically he was basically saying that like yo we owe it to our players i i treat zion like i treat every one of our players like we're all about health and making sure that we're going to be okay moving forward we have this really great young core of of players that we want to keep together so we kind of have to go with go with the flow and um, zion did play more minutes in last night's game against Clippers, which we'll, we'll get to in the minute, cause it's, it's gonna be a minute, because it's going <laughs> to a be a waste. What
1: a waste of those minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, but everybody knows. So, uh, again, the Pelicans dropped that game. And then moving forward, the game of the night, what everybody's been waiting for, Clippers at Lakers. Um, great game all the way down to the end. Great game. There's a few things. Uh, you know, first, let's ask your opinion. What, what was your take as far as the Laker fan goes, like, what did you, what did you see yep. what did you like besides I know you're going to fucking be all over Kuzma I get it go
1: Kuzma did well <laughs> The first thing I have to mention is no goggles for Anthony Davis mm-hmm. pregame I was ex- I was very excited we were everyone saw the picture of him practicing in the goggles I was like yes here's the return of Kareem Abdul Jabbar reincarnate I wanted to see it and as a young man who had to wear goggles I had to wear goggles uh, you know growing up playing because I had poor vision in my left eye. We need pictures, uh, Drew. Having picture. someone, but but having someone like Anthony Davis wear goggles would have been big for because I, I, I know for myself, like having Kareem and like Horace Grant; those are the two, uh, and James Worthy as well. Rambis. The three guys that I remember seeing wear wear goggles. Yeah, Rambis had glasses though. He, he had the freaking glasses with the the tape in the middle. Um, I would I would have loved to see Anthony Davis wear the goggles. That would have been dope. But so no goggles for AD. Second thing, LeBron, he found that he found the just for men because, or he went to that barber uh, there, there in the bubble because the beard was was like Perfect. velvet, like black crushed velvet. It was about as majestic of a beard as I've ever seen. Not one single hair out of place. Not one single, you know, even even a hint of a gray or a white hair in there. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really funny that he would, you know, get game ready by trimming that up and looking, looking smooth as ever. Those so are the first things you was notice is goggles, thing. is goggles and beards, Drew.
0: Come on. Yeah, dude. because
1: – no, no, that, I'm, talking, I'm talking before the tip. Like, okay. I, both of those things shocked me. Those, okay. and, and I'm not surprised that LeBron did that, but I thought it was funny. I thought it was worth mentioning. I thought he was going to keep the gray. But anyway, this game was about a, uh, as good of a game as we could have asked for, to be honest. Like, first game out, highly, highly competitive game. It was a little sloppy at times with a bunch of turnovers from both teams. Uh, I think the refs are something that we haven't mentioned too much is we talked a lot about these players getting back into playing shape and back into game rhythm. I think something we need to mention is that it's going to take these refs a little while to get back into, you know, normal game shape because they were calling a lot of fouls that were pretty whack on both sides of the ball. Um, And so... You know, even though it was sloppy, I think this was about as intense of a game as we've seen. And, you know, definitely there we've seen some more intense games as they rolled out, uh, you know, in these in these first seeding games. But, man, the, the only thing I mean, my biggest takeaway is LeBron decided to play some defense. Uh, I think, as I mentioned to you in the past, I, I thought that this game would mean a lot to the Lakers, maybe even mean a little bit more to the Lakers than to the Clippers, especially given, uh, the record that we have against you. And this was a statement game, I think, for the Lakers. And LeBron showed that not by scoring 50 points, but by actively trying to play the best defense I've seen him play on ball in like three years. And he didn't that do it just That final play once. that you're
0: talking about, that final, that final well, like, three minutes? Yes, uh-huh.
1: absolutely. In that final three-minute stretch when he was going head-to-head with Kawhi, uh-huh. was just giving him no easy buckets. And then, of course, the very final shot of the game, he ended up guarding both Kawhi and switching on to Paul George and forcing a ridiculously tough shot for them to try and, and tie it or, or win it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but throughout the game, in the first half, he did that two or three times when he would square up against Kawhi, uh, especially after Kawhi got him on that first. When Kawhi went around him that first time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, LeBron, after that, was like, okay, well, I'm not going to let that happen again. And he did it. And so, you know, that – to me is about as big of a statement as LeBron can make. And again, having him do it on the defensive end really speaks to where his mind is and what he's focused on as far as a championship and not necessarily out there trying to get 40 points and look pretty. He doesn't give a shit about his, his uh, box score right now. It's all about the wins and, and, and the losses column. So um, it, was, it was fantastic, even though it was a little sloppy.
0: It was definitely sloppy. LeBron, 34 minutes, 16 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, super solid game. Uh, AD, 35 minutes, 34 points, uh, 8 boards, 4 assists, 16 for 17 from the free throw line. Now, back to what you were saying as far as the refs go, what I I thought already set the tone for the game was two quick fouls on Kawhi, right? Quick. Right. That already throws a wrench in the whole thing because there's no Lou Williams, no Trez, right?
1: And And Trez, you miss Trez a lot in this game for sure.
0: We do. And for the people that don't know, Trez lost his grandmother, who he is extremely close to. He went, he left the bubble, I think the twenty, the 20th um, to be by his grandmother's side. His grandmother passed two days ago. And he, if you follow him on social media, he's going through some shit right now. Like he's really, really going through some stuff. And Doc Rivers had told him like, just take as much time as you need. We love you. We, we can't wait to have you back, but you know, take your time. Cause if, if you're not going to be here mentally, you know what I mean? Like just stay with your family and do right. what you need to do.
1: Take your time. Um,
0: please right. take your time. Um, t- Kawhi's two quick fouls. Uh, these are the notes that I have from the game. The two quick fouls kind of set the tone for us. Uh, Paul George is just absolutely unbelievable, dude. He he just really is. You can see that this guy is definitely uh, 100% right now. He's unconscious <laughs> while shooting. Um, the free throws for AD, though, and this is kind of the thing, you know, and this isn't just for the Clippers, but AD is, is the kryptonite for a lot of NBA teams, right? If he, you know, uh, it's it's like he can either get a bucket or he's going to the line, you feel me? Um, and going to the line 17 times, you know, is and he shot 16 for 17. The guy can shoot free throws. Uh, the yep. That last stretch for LeBron defensively, I think, minus the block in Golden State, that's like the two best possessions I've ever seen LeBron play defense. Like he locked up Kawhi and Paul George on because he knew he had to. Dude. Absolutely. He's not the guy doing it. I don't know who's going to do it. Um, And that put back, that missed shot, I mean, I'm looking at all the Clippers. LeBron just got that put back so easy. We had three people around the rim. We missed out on that. You know what I'm saying? And we missed yeah. a, we missed a couple good free throws down the stretch. And I'm not going to be a bitter Clipper fan that says, well, we didn't have Montrez and Lou. But we didn't have Montrez and Lou. That's 37 points off the bench. And these both these guys are t- – like, we're talking offensive fouls, taking charges, ball stoppers. Like, when we need to get to the foul line, Lou Williams gets to the foul line. Those three-pointers that, you know, it's just they were both missed,
1: okay? Definitely. I mean, you guys only scored 101 points. Right. I mean, that's and that's low for, for a team that has that many scorers on it normally. And really, when, you, when you're looking at the box score, like, I think Reggie had 10 points. Mm-hmm. Reggie Jackson mm-hmm. and and then Pat Bev hit some really big threes and ended up with 12 points. Is and it, outside of that, only Paul George and Kawhi were the ones th- those are the only four guys that broke double digits. So
0: that was another thing, though. It's like we didn't know if Pat Bev was going to play, right? And then right before the game, the Clippers post, Pat says, I'm ready to play, I'm playing tonight, right? And then the game starts, and all the announcers are saying, Well, Pat, no Pat Bev, no Montrez, no Lou Will tonight. And then you see Pat Bev on the bench. Reggie Jackson starting, and then three minutes into the or five minutes into the game, Pat Bev is playing, right? So I, I, you know, it was a little little weird. It was a little weird. Um, But he played well. He did.
1: He was. He was definitely on a minutes restriction too. I I mean, as far as I could tell, they they weren't really going to let him play too many minutes. He only got sixteen minutes, but those those twelve points that he had were pretty massive. They were they were big shots that he had uh, for the team that were relatively unexpected. You know, I you know any time that I as as a as a the Laker fan. Anytime I see Pat Bev shoot a three, I'm like, cool. Like I shoot, bro. (laughs) And so what I what what one of the announcers said, and then I double checked, is that in the last I think since like All Star break, he's in the top ten in three point percentage. So that is that's huge. That's going to be big for you if he can continue on that rhythm. um, You know, especially if Lou will continues to miss time uh, in these next couple games, uh, that that'll be big for you. But you know, the fact of the matter was. On the Lakers side as well, this was not like this wasn't the prettiest basketball game. There was a lot of missed shots, a lot of turnovers, and and you know LeBron only having 16 points kind of speaks to that. But Kuzma stepped up big for us. Deion Waiters looked fantastic, honestly. Like in the minutes that he played, looked as good as I could ever ask for. Mm-hmm. Um, but to speak to that final shot that LeBron ended up getting and and hitting, that's just that's just pretty nonsense. Like, there's no way he thought he was going to get a foul call. He leans in for a ridiculously bad, you know, 18-footer that had no hope in going in. The ball bounces perfectly to him, and he just kind of finishes right at the rim. Like, there's not really anything the Clippers could do. I mean, boxing out is what you want to say. That's what you want to see, right, when it's LeBron against four Clippers just standing there. But when it's something like that, it's so fluky. I, you can't even really get that much that upset about the, 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 you know what, what Honestly, happened there. It the, was just
0: at the end of the day, I'm not upset about it. I thought it was a really right. great game. Again, we we all have to consider the fact that there is no home court advantage in in any of this, right? And it, it works right. more in the Clippers' favor. Where it's like, okay, well, so what if we get fourth, right? It, we're we're all on the home court right now. Well, you don't not- want
1: fourth because then we get the matchup. Uh, Lakers Clippers matchup in the second round. Right. That's what you don't. Well, I don't mind. You, you really want to be in the in the second and third. Right. Well, no, I'm just saying like I I don't want it. E- I don't want it. The as NBA a don't fan. want I it. I want to try. And- exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it, it it makes a lot of sense for you guys to try and and make sure you finish the second or third. Of course.
0: I want to I want to bring up something to you though, dude. I want I, I got a stat yeah. for you. Like AD okay. was nowhere to be found in the fourth quarter. Okay. He had zero points in the right. fourth quarter. And AD. Uh-huh. AD from quarter one to three is probably one of the best players in basketball statistically. Fourth quarter, he shies away, okay? For whatever reason it is, whether it's LeBron going away, last four times, Clippers-Laker games, right? These are, these are his numbers in the fourth quarter, the last four times we played. Zero, two, two, and four, which is so wild because the guy has crazy stats first three, first three. And then in the last four games, I'd, 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 I'd like to deep dive more into, like I was trying to find yeah. before we started the pod, like what did AD have in the fourth quarter last night against Toronto, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But zero, two, two, and four is kind of a, you know, something to think about. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I do think that has a lot to do with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is when he's in the game in the fourth, LeBron is dictating where the ball is going. And, and, and a lot of the times he's going to try and take the shot. Now, the Clippers were really starting to hone in on Anthony Davis because he was having a field. day. He was literally the only guy that was able to put any points on the board Mm. for the majority of the game for the Lakers. And so you started to send some different defensive looks and matchups and some double teams. And so I think he was getting passive. Anthony Davis was getting passive because he was just trying to find the right play and find the right man to get the open shot because he is pretty unselfish as far as, you know, superstars go. Um, You know, he doesn't, he doesn't always demand the ball. Like, you know, in, in years past with Kobe and Shaq, uh, you know, on the Lakers, there's times where you want your best player to just say, give me give me the damn ball. Like, you, and I want Anthony Davis to do that more in the fourth quarter. But it is, you know, it's the just Bronx kind of the way, way that the little, game unfolded.
0: I just found that a little little, little odd, right? It was... No, it is. It is
1: interesting. I don't think that's always the case. Uh, I do think that, that what happened, though, in, in that specific game, I mean, you guys had to start doing something to Anthony Davis. He was going to the line so many times. Uh, just try to get the ball out of his hands and um, yeah I just I I do think that those turn like that fourth quarter was just it was so physical I don't know if I've seen a more physical game uh, in that fourth quarter in, in in you know in like the last three or four years that was intense every rebound every defensive play so I'm not really upset I mean of course we won the game so I'm happy with it and I'm not really I'm not – I don't think I can ask much more from A. Davis. You know, of course, like I mentioned, if he has a bad matchup, we want to feed him, of course, get him the ball as much as we can. But, you know he, – He owns
0: Zubac. There's ga- There's just games where Zubac is not effective whatsoever, right? And we see that – Doc sees that early. And it seems to be like the games against A.D., the Giannis's, you know what I mean? The Embiid, yep. he has a problem with. And then there's games where it's just like he owns everything, you know? Yep. He's well, only been in the bubble for a minute. He's getting his legs back too, but we we, we yanked him early and gave Noah the look uh, very early yeah. in the game. Very. Early. And and Noah did well.
1: He he stripped AD I think in the first half, I remember, uh, a strip like a very clean strip as, as AD mm-hmm. was going into a spin move. Um, you know, I think the downside with Noah is that he's just not a, he's not a threat offensively at all.
0: No, I think he knows that like too. Zero I mean, he's threat a, to he's score a very a good passer though. And
1: that's the, he is, yeah, and that's the tough part, though, is like if you have him in the game, you really don't have a scoring option. He'll rebound, he'll play some tough defense, uh, but Zubak is a much—it's a much more natural scorer around the rim, um, you know. And again, he's not gonna—he's not gonna necessarily drop twenty twenty-five or anything like that. But he's a better option offensively. Uh, but no, Joe Keen was was big against mm-hmm. Anthony Davis. I think he showed out pretty well. Um, and the one thing that I did want to mention as far as the Lakers go. The closing lineup to me was very interesting because we ended up closing with Kuzma and Caruso on the floor. Uh, we did uh, Caruso. I think it was Danny Green or KCP was in. The, one of the two was in there. Uh, Kuzma, LeBron, AD, and so that was that was a lineup I didn't necessarily. expect for us to to finish with and I and I want to mention you know Kuzma's scoring was really important for us but he had some pretty big moments switching on Kawhi and playing some solid defense on Paul George in that fourth quarter that makes me really excited I mean it's easy to forget that Kuzma's six eight six nine and should be able to move his feet and and at least give Kawhi and Paul George a little bit of of some trouble on the defensive end and he did that beautifully so I want to say that that was big.
0: So moving forward, you know, we both have been speaking highly about Portland, right? Me a yeah. little me a little more because I'm 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 just so curious with Nurkic back and I really love this guy, right? And yeah. Portland plays the Grizzlies. They win 140-135 OT, right? Huge Great game. game. Great game. Great game, right? Yeah. Um, Nurkic was huge. Did it from all over. He didn't have a lot of 18, 9, 7 and 5, right? I think Nurkic is like the only guy I've seen playing defense. I was saying today, I'm like, yo, the the NBA should be the NDA right now, like non-defensive association. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Well, if we ever – if we get to that Mavericks-Houston matchup, that's exactly what that was. There's just no defense allowed in that game. But in this game, Nurk had – I mean, he had six blocks. That's that's a lot of blocks.
0: Totally. (laughs) Obviously, we both like Memphis. They're a super young team. Um we were, Ja had a horrible game up until the fourth in, in overtime. He just was not doing anything. Um, he remind, He just looks like he was trying so hard. But it was Jaron Jackson, right? Jaron Jackson oh. shot 15 three-pointers, right? He was 16 for 15 on threes. He had 33 points. He, and he was wet. Huge game. Huge. Yeah, huge Just so much confidence coming from him. He was just launching. You can see that he was working and he with a was in, in 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 the quarantine, definitely. Right, and if he's going to be this young buck that's going yeah. to stretch the floor for them, like think if they could bring Valanciunas, you know, keep Valanciunas at the four and Jaron Jack or at the five, Jaron Jackson's at your stretch four, you know, and then you got Dylan Brooks and like all these, they, you know, they got they got something there, but I was more yep. I was more into Nurkic, right? First of all, CJ had thirty three, Dame had twenty nine, Mello, who was phenomenal in this game, twenty one points, two won shoots. the game. Won, won the, the game, game for them. them. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. But then also Gary Trent Jr., right, who people don't talk about a lot, but they really like this kid. And he also had a really big game today against the, ball, against the Celtics. Um, they, yeah. they, they got some – not only do they have height. I mean, you're thinking you got Nurkic, Zach Collins, who's still really not there yet, and then you're bringing Whiteside off the bench or Whiteside starting. Like, they got some big dudes and some shooters around them. Um, yeah,
1: they look good. If Collins can start finding his stroke, that will take them to the next level. Cause he, like you said, he's just not there yet. He, he, cause when he's, when he's fully ready, he's, he's taking jumpers and he's, mm-hmm. and he's like in the flow of the game, he's, he's rim running and, and dunking and he's just not there yet. He's mm-hmm. still defensively doing a pretty good job, I think. And, and he's pretty physical uh, on the boards, but it, once he, if, if he can get started, then they're, then they're next level. And, and I, if, if he can start hitting shots, the way that Nurkic is starting to hit shots at this point, they're definitely going to make the, playoff, the play-in game uh, the way this is rolling out, as far as I can tell.
0: Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, anymore.
1: and I definitely don't. I don't want to see that because, the you know, that the only way that they make the playoffs at this point is if they end up in that eight or nine seed and then the Lakers play them in the first round. I don't want to see it. I still feel confident about, you know, that matchup as a Laker fan against the Trailblazers. Like, that is not what we want to see. But it could be the best thing possible because it, it's, it's the top-notch, level of competition so if we if we do end up facing them and we get through them that should give us some confidence a significant confidence going into the second round and moving forward that we, we really have this locked up but well, th- i do want to mention on memphis's side they're they're missing one thing and it's pretty glaring i mean when you look at the game kyle anderson is just not doing it it's hey, just not happening
0: drew answer me a question who's a slower basketball player Slokic or kyle anderson who is slower they
1: there's no one slower than than Kyle Anderson. Sam Cassell right now is faster than Kyle Anderson. Hey,
0: don't like don't that, that him is like that.
1: no, but Sam traditionally played the game very slowly. Like right. he would just he just had one of those games that was just kind of old man game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Kyle is the slowest player in the NBA with maybe one of the worst jumpers that I've seen. I have and zero his whole confidence. Thing is like he was he, right, and it, it, his I think his whole appeal was like he's going to be the new wave Boris Diaw right cuz DI is kind of big but slow like a weird low position bar, Drew. Forward, a low forward. bar That's a real low bar it's a low bar he's not even he, he's not even clean in Boris DI's shoes bro like mm-hmm. there's there's no he has no business starting for this team and when you look at uh, the box score it 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 shows it like they need Brandon Clark and they need Grayson Allen in in the game what they're, those two guys do much better when they're on the floor instead of Kyle Anderson and uh you know, until they can find whoever that is, whatever small forward, whatever lineup. If you move Jaron Jackson to the small forward and you have Brandon Clark in at the power forward, whatever version of that lineup that they do have without Kyle Anderson, it's it's the lineup they should use moving forward.
0: They're missing that Rudy Gay seven years ago, Memphis Grizzly, You know, they're exactly. missing. Exactly. If they could pay for Bradley Beal by any chance, like that's the kind of guy I'd want to pair with, with Ja. You know what I mean? Well,
1: so I think the thing that that I just realized is like. Andre Wadala, Jay Crowder. Those were the two guys that they had on that roster that mm-hmm. were, that was looking to fill that small forward spot. And then when they traded, they got justice Winslow and he was playing really great in that lineup, mm-hmm. but he re-injured his, you know, I think it was either a knee or an ankle or something like that, that he got injured with and he's not playing. He's, he's out for the season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as they look forward to next year, that's, that should be a little glimmer of hope is that they don't have to rely on Kyle Anderson to be their starting small. Please forward. Don't. They have this job. Ju- that's the Swinslow kid uh, who's who's solid. He was having his best year of his career this year before the injury happened. Uh, but and he's not going to be playing in his bubble. So I unfortunately Memphis lost again today. They lost a, a really close game today. It, unless things turn around, they actually might get bounced out of this thing. You know, whether it's in the playoff game or even in, in the seeding games, they, they need to win some games. In order to solidify that eight seed,
0: again, like, they don't have that guy on the squad. It's kind of like the Utah thing. Like, even though Utah has Donovan Mitchell, but like, Jaws not even there yet as being the guy to get you that, you know, that Dame Lillard bucket that you really need. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he has the he has
1: moments. Yeah, it's just not consistent. It's not throughout the whole game yet.
0: And honestly, Grayson Allen to me doesn't look like he belongs anywhere on that team either. The guy's just just going crazy up and down the floor better, he looks better than
1: he looks better than Kyle Anderson that Those is, are facts. that's 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 what I'm saying
0: Those are facts. <laughs> um another guy another guy that did not have a great uh opening reopening night was Jason Tatum he caught a lot of slack the other day oh I mean he, what a tough game <laughs> well this is so wild because going into March before COVID Jason Tatum was by far the hottest player in basketball um we and again you're gonna have these games right I wasn't like blown away that it's just one of those nights where Tatum, I mean, he's two for 18 over three threes. He was minus 13 for the game. Uh, if they didn't have Marcus smart, keeping him in the ball game, who was just, I would take that guy on my squad any day of the week. Um, yeah. Tatum Just had a really bad game, a very bad game. And then he cuts his hair yeah. and cu- finally cuts that fucking mop off his head. <laughs> that weird, those weird curls, man. So weird. And then he comes out and balls out today. I think he had 30, he had 30 and something. 34, today. 34,
1: Thirty-four yeah.
0: against Portland. They came out with their win. Um, Tatum just had a bad game, and it's and it's gonna happen. Yeah. You're gonna have those nights,
1: dude. This was a pretty solid matchup here too. So it was Boston against Milwaukee. Uh, really good test for both of these teams. You know, it's you know a tough tough matchup for the first game of the seeding game. You know, maybe the Nets or the Orlando, and you're under your belt before you go into this kind of heavyweight matchup. But Boston played pretty freaking well. If you if you take into account that Jason Tatum had the worst game of his career, and Kemba Walker is still not even like he looks like he's like eighty percent. So they didn't, and they still had to take it down to the wire. So this game to me had the most controversy. I, I I loved watching. It was a very very entertaining game. But Giannis definitely committed more than six fouls in this game.
0: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little shook on the nut shot. I was a, that was, I think that was an, an inadvertent whistle, and then they kind of had to backpedal on it because. Uh, who did he hit it was Theis? tyce 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 yeah um, who got hit i don't think that was an intentional foul at all with malice as they like to say He's, i don't think so either but it's a foul <laughs> okay but i don't, I don't think, think i don't think the ref blew it as a foul i think the at first you've seen, you've noticed a lot of late calls too a lot of late calls in every single one of these games and like you said you're right the refs got to adjust to what's going on here i agree that Giannis should have fouled out of the game at some there was one that yeah. he should, the nut shot I was a little suspect on but the following one which I think was a charge was it a charge or a block yeah that he
1: got? they called a charge they reviewed it they said Marcus Smart stepped underneath him there was a case for that one the charge block I mean it's one of those like 50 50 anytime that there's a slow mo on a charge block. and. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, shit, man, flip a coin and then and, and call it whatever you want. But uh, the following play, uh, I think Jalen Brown got to the rim and they called a foul on Brooke Lopez and it was definitely on Giannis with the body. So it, there was there was really there was three instances that should have been his last foul. And fouled him out of the game and it didn't and of course you know everyone after the fact is like all oh, the the nba wants Giannis in the game which is i'm sure true but i mean let's just pump the brakes a little bit it's not like the refs were f- throwing the first seeding game that doesn't actually have any weight it
0: means <laughs> nothing to milwaukee <laughs> it's, it's the- it literally means nothing to milwaukee Zoo. and
1: nothing to the celtics because right. they have a pretty good gap as well so like mm-hmm. it, it you know, it, it is what it is. I do think that they let him skate on at least two fouls that should have put him out of the game, and I think that would have changed the game tremendously. Um, you know, obviously, he ended up scoring some, some really big buckets and down the stretch, and he had a hell of a game. I mean, let's just, he's, he's amazing to watch. Boston really didn't have any answer for him defensively, and, and you can see how much they miss Horford, uh, you know, in this matchup as, 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 when you compare it to how they played against Milwaukee last year. They had Semi Ojale pretty much as the guy that was guarding, and it's like, dude, I, you know, I get it. That guy's pretty strong, but he has just, he doesn't have the skill to, to be out there. No, and once, you know, trying to guard a guy that's significantly
0: bigger than him. Once the freak starts going downhill again, bro, you're not stopping this guy. The the ground this guy covers is just unbelievable. He had a couple moves that night where it was just like, how do you do this, dude? And how do you stop? And it's hard because, like, okay, well, let's let's, let's D up on him at half court. And it's like, you, you can't do that either, you know? Right. So, and, right. and again, we, we, I want to, I want to give a little bit of praise to Chris Middleton who had a, another great night and we've kind of been ripped, not necessarily ripping on him, but just being didn't like have a great night. You only had 18 points, but they were good. They were good shots and he hit, he hit good yeah, shots. He had big he shots. He had a big three
1: at the end. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. In the end, he had a really big three. coming around the screen. That's what. That's but what This is. I think this game is exactly why it, it demonstrates exactly why you and I don't think the Bucks are going to take the championship.
0: If Divincenzo is your third option, you know what I mean. That's that's just not going to be enough. And when is Bledsoe going to come right. back? And we all know who Bledsoe is in the playoffs. And I love Eric Bledsoe. Exactly. That
1: was that was my next thing. The oh. Milwaukee fans can say that they were missing Bledsoe and they're missing Pat Connaughton. And we can sit there and say, that's true. But what is, what is that really? I mean, like, yes, Pat Connaughton. I love, I'm actually, I may be the biggest Pat Connaughton fan outside of Milwaukee. You might be looking at him right now, but he's not, he's not going to game changer and neither is Bledsoe honestly, like that. We've, we've seen it too many years in a row that Bledsoe is, is any time that he's relied on in a playoffs to hit a big shot or, you know, come out and score and dominate matchup against the opposition's point guard, he never does it. So I this is exactly why, you know, a seven-point victory over the Celtics who essentially played with one arm tied behind their back the whole game
0: is not convincing me. But really, we'll see how they do against Houston tonight. I'm, I'm interested – well, okay, we might as well get into to Houston for a minute because, you know, this is just – seeing all these players just ball out. I mean, Harden's going for – 49, easy. T.J. Warren dropped 53. Who would have thought that? You know, Giannis is getting his 35 in, in like in like 21 minutes. You know, like it's it's so wild. We knew these games were going to be like March Madness, right? I literally watched every single – I've watched every single game minus all the, the ones this afternoon because I had shit. I had the ones do. that don't count. Right. Like the the, ones the that Nets don't. versus the <laughs> – No, I, and I don't want to watch the Suns. I love Devin Booker, but I, I don't, yeah. don't want to watch the Suns. But yeah, they don't matter. <laughs> watching the Dallas, the Dallas Houston game, there was absolutely zero defense. Okay, That's hilarious. Hilarious. And and I, I want to say some things about Dallas. But one of the notes I wrote down, as I said, Drew, P.J. Tucker might not make it out alive in the bubble because <laughs> they. I mean, Bo, I mean, the the beating this guy is gonna take. Okay, I mean, there was a scene where Boban just came in and was literally just here, just throw it up. Layup, 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 right? It, yeah. It, it's wild. And, it, and he's not going to go against Boban every single night. But I think that workload for PJ, especially going into the playoffs where the games are just going to be so much harder and so much more difficult, um, are going to be really tough. And James looks great, okay? This guy can get a bucket whenever he wants. He is literally a top seven best scorer ever in NBA history. The guy knows how he supposedly he lost all that weight and just took yoga all summer and just worked on footwork, That's footwork. That's
1: what they were saying. Footwork, yeah. footwork,
0: footwork, footwork all summer. And you can yeah. tell, dude. You can definitely tell. And Russell yeah. had a big game too. But it's so crazy watching Russell, and I said this to myself, Drew, and don't take this the wrong way. There are times where, to me, Russell Westbrook doesn't even look like a basketball player. He just looks like <laughs> – seriously. He just looks like a dude that is just – Dribble, dribble, dribble. Try to get to the rack as easy as possible. Can't, can't yeah, like a football and,
1: player trying to play basketball.
0: Totally okay. Yeah. It's, it's like Marshawn Lynch trying to play basketball. <laughs> okay, because he he can't shoot a three pointer, he can't shoot an eighteen foot jumper, like in in transition, but he no. can take it to the rack and you off the dribble at any minute of the day.
1: And this isn't. Yeah, and not, he's still a fantastic athlete.
0: Totally. And it's not a knock on Russ. Okay. We, you are, you are a hall of famer hands down, but I just, I just found it so funny that it was so easy for Harden to get his bucket. So fucking easy.
1: Well, this, this game, and especially if you look at the box score um, is exactly, it, 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 it's a perfect picture of Harden and Westbrook and the way that they think that they can succeed with this sort of lineup. It's just, we're going to score more points than you, and that's just the end of it. And if you can outscore us, then, okay, maybe you'll win, but it's going to be tough. James Harden had 49 points, like you mentioned, on 20 field goal attempts. He only took 20 shots. Russell Westbrook, 31 points. He took 30 shots, okay? So, like, that is exactly what we're talking about. (laughs) James goes 14 of 20 and then 18 of 21 from the free throw league. 49. Russ is 13 of 30 and four of eight from the free throw line and one of three from three. So you know the bottom line of this game is that if anybody decided to play any kind of defense there might have been an outcome that was a little different than what we got here but I just remember looking at the score before uh, overtime happened and it was like 133 to 125 and I'm sitting here going like holy shit is Rick Barry playing right now is this the ABA I mean, like, am I missing something? Where's the ball? Where's the red, white, and blue ball? Because there is zero. Like, it's it was the absence of defense. And so, real quick, though, to, to talk about your P.J. Tucker point, this is exactly what every team, like you mentioned, is going to try and do offensively against the Rockets. The mismatch is pretty much always going to be P.J. against whoever he has to guard. And Porzingis, they just fed Porzingis for, like, the first eight minutes of the game. And he was just doing okay i'm gonna catch it i'm just gonna turn you're too short i'm just gonna shoot it over you and it's just gonna be cash and he ended up with almost 40 points himself so i think dallas definitely could have won this game i don't think i honestly i think this is almost like a another scrimmage game i don't even i don't want to put any weight on this game as like what it means moving forward for either of these teams because it was just a fucking pickup basketball game that had no defense
0: i I I agree with you on that, but the simple fact that it's opening night and Harden can just casually drop 49 on 20 attempts, right? And losing Eric Gordon is huge for them because, again, these are the shooters that they need to kick out and hit those jumpers. Uh, He's going to be out for at least two weeks. And then when you implement House into the – you know, House is your guy coming off the bench that's replacing Eric Gordon to get those jumpers up. PJ is is good for nine points a game and whatnot. So maybe – They're going to have to be. Maybe Harden's going to have to average 40. And and Russ is going to have to average 30. And I want to see tonight how that's going to look again going against the Bucs. I want to talk more about Dallas, though, because watching Dallas, I'm like, yo, they really surrounded – they have a really good team, dude. Uh, Trey Burke, who was huge in college, right, and just could not find his spot in the NBA. Again, situational players that find the right situation – that can thrive in the right offense, right? And Trey, we all know Trey Burke hasn't fallen off. Trey Burke can shoot the three. He's always been a great scorer, but he hasn't been in the right position. So when you have the the phenom, the, the phenom of Luca, which he is, and he looks great out there, his handle, his step back, like you said up earlier, he's lost weight. Him and Porzingis have a really good vibe. Porzingis looks great, okay? I get scared every time he falls to the ground or every time. Every okay, and there's a few players I think like that too. Every time Paul oh, yeah. George falls or Kawhi falls I get <laughs> really nervous. Let's let's come to terms with the fact that the only way you're going to win in the NBA, win a championship is you have to have shooters that can knock down shots. This isn't the big big man league anymore where you need 30 from your big man, right? We were uh, Porzingis is the quintessential right. stretch 5, right? This guy can shoot, Trey Burke can shoot, Seth Curry can shoot. Cuban wanted him more than anybody. Seth Curry can pull that thing. Tim Hardaway Jr., they got that Max guy who I really like. Just really uh, energy effort. Love him, okay? Doesn't put up a lot of stats and whatnot, but he's another one of those Powell guys that Dallas had prior. And once Powell comes back, you just got another guy. Energy, effort, energy, effort. Porzingis, Burke, Hardaway Jr. combined for 94 points, 22 rebounds, 11 assists (laughs) in that game, right? Yeah. And I think this might be the game that Trey Burke needs. Like, yo, yep. like if you got the if you got the look, pull that thing. You, 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 you're a good enough shooter. We trust yep. in you. Shoot that thing. So Dallas is just another. I do feel that they're another piece away. Like a lot of NBA teams are. Whatever that piece is, but they have all the right pieces around them. And Porzingis is just nice, dude. He's nice.
1: Yeah, Porzingis looks amazing. Doncic amazing. I mean, anytime you have someone coming off the bench and, and hitting eight threes the way that Trey Burke did, that's a huge lift. Um, and you, you can't expect him to do that every time he gets out there, of course, but the fact that he'll have that confidence under underneath him now in, in these games as they move forward is going to be big for this team because they need bench scoring. They don't have much coming off the bench right now. Um, the piece that they're missing that is somebody they already have. It, it's Finney Smith. If that guy just... I don't know. Just make the decision that he's going to be the defensive stopper that this team needs, and focus on doing it. He will play with them for twelve years. If he can turn himself into like Bruce Bowen, he will. He will bring so much value to this team. Um, And he's not doing it. He. I mean, he. He's. He's big enough. He's long enough. He has all the tangible skills to make that happen. He's just not focusing on it. Or. He's just not good enough yet. And he needs to, you know, go back and, and and really focus on the defensive end with a coach and and get better at it because that's what they're missing. They already have him, but he needs to step up and actually do it now.
0: Is is Finney Smith the the Dallas Mavericks uh, KCP?
1: Yes, he's he's an X factor in, in that sense. I would say definitely. Like you kind of know what you're gonna get out of Hardaway and Porzingis and Doncic and the rest. You already kind of know what they're gonna do. And Finney Smith scores like 15 points, I think the, the, uh, the Mavericks win the game. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and so again, what I'm talking about more for him is focusing in on not worrying about scoring 15 points, but focusing in on dominating the the, the defensive matchup that he's going to have to take on. Cause that's the truth. I mean, most of, I think for most of the game, he was the one that was trying to guard Harden and you know, he, it's a very difficult thing to do. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that he sh- should have done a better job, but just moving forward in game situations every year, if he wants to stay on this team and stay in the league, he's gonna have to commit some more time and effort to defense.
0: So like the least most the most underrated team in the bubble are the Raptors, okay? The defending champs. No Kawhi, they've they've had a I think Siakam, Van Vliet, Lowry, and one more have missed 105 games this year. But the Raptors have a better record by one game than they did last year with Kawhi going, you know, right now, which is pretty wild. Just shows, like, how good this team is. And they played your boys last night. I unfortunately didn't get to watch it. I had to listen to it because fucking Hulu blacks out ESPN game for whatever reason. Um, the Lakers fell this game. The Raptors, yeah. Lowry, Lowry had a huge game, 34 points. Um, I think, Drew, that – these are the games that you're going to miss Avery Bradley. This is the Avery Bradley missed game because Avery and Lowry match up pretty well, you know, as far as from a defensive standpoint, trying to hold Kyle Lowry to 34. Um, Since I didn't get to personally see the game except read about it, what was your take from that game? We
1: could not hit a shot anytime uh, as a professional organization you shoot 35% and you only are able to put up 92 points on the board, you're not going to win that game. I don't care how good you are at defense. That's just just not going to fly. This isn't 1998 where you're going to win 92 to, to 86. Um, this was ugly. This was I, So I did get to watch this game and watched every second of it. This was not a pretty game. I mean, the fact that Kyle Lowry ended up with all those points – I don't even really, I I watched all of it. I don't really know (laughs) how that happened. It was just, it was, the game was all over the place. Um, The thing that the Raptors did tremendously well was moving the ball on offense. And so I think that part of it, and as you mentioned, their, their record is pretty fantastic considering the the games that their key players have missed. And of course they don't have Kawhi. We all attribute as the reason that they won it last year was because Kawhi was there. They're they're still sitting here saying, hey, we are the reason that we won that. Kawhi was a piece of that, but this team, this unit was the reason that we won the title. And it showed up. I mean, you know, Siakam only had 15 points. And when you say something like that, you're going, okay, Siakam only has 15 points. Raptors probably don't win that game. Wrong. Everybody else stepped up. They were moving the ball so well they're getting really good shots pretty much every time on offense very unselfish uh, and that's just the bottom line they they ended up uh, shooting I think let me see here 42 percent from the field and we shot 35 that's the game right there that's about 17 a 15 point difference and one thing else this was the Raptors first game uh, as opposed to having the second game and I know as far as the Lakers mentality goes we were so geared up for that first game against the Clippers, to then have this follow-up with an Eastern Conference team that we don't really give a shit about as far as, like, this isn't a knuckle-down game where we need to really grit and grind it out. It just, from the beginning, it seemed like the Lakers kind of didn't give a shit about this game. And it showed out. Everyone was missing shots. Everyone was turning the ball over. This was not a very very fun game for me to watch as a Laker fan. But I think it's just one of those ones where you just kind of toss it away and, and, and move forward as, as a Laker organization, you say, well, fuck that game. We're just going to, you know, move forward. We have another game tomorrow. We look at that as an opportunity to actually lock in our number one seed. All we need to do at this point is win one more game and we lock in the number one seed in the West. Um, And I do think uh, that we're going to do that, whether it's tomorrow night or or the following night. Um, This is for me, a very forgettable game. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't. I, I think it's the opposite for the Raptors, though. Coming in and beating the Lakers in yeah. your first game in, after the Lakers come out on a big win against the Clippers, I think it was bigger for them. A lot of people have said we got to keep our eyes on the Raptors, and we should. They're, they're the defending champs. Like, and them being in Canada, we don't really care about them too much. We don't think about them too much, but they are a very well-oiled machine, and they're they're a damn good team, dude. They play they play as a unit, as a team, um, and Kawhi was a huge part of that. But you, you, you know, we see that all these players are stepping up. So, uh, real quick, I want to touch on the Clippers uh, comeback game yesterday. We didn't do our podcast because I wanted to watch the Clipper game. I don't like watching recorded games. This game was over in three minutes and thirty-three seconds, group. <laughs> this is no bullshit. I didn't even. I didn't. I had literally just put the ice in my drink, and it's twenty to three. Okay, Paul George came out uh, and just just torched this squad, and it was crazy because I'm thinking to myself. Your whole focus as an NBA basketball team, especially the Pelicans, going into this bubble, trying to win games to make the playoffs, your whole focus is the Clippers, right? Like, okay, we're going to wipe off our first game. We're focused. Alvin Gentry spends all the time talking about plays and, like, how we're going to play Zion. Zion's going to get 20 minutes this game. And then within, within four minutes, it's a wrap, okay? Uh, Clippers set a franchise record, 25 threes in that game. Uh, we almost set the NBA record at the half. We had 16 threes. The Golden State Warriors had 17 in that crazy Klay Thompson game that he had. Um, but it was a wrap. Every single Clipper scored. Terrence Mann actually hit that final that final three to, to set a franchise record. It made the Pelicans look like all this praise I had for Brandon Ingram, right, and Zion. Like, they looked horrible, okay? Yep. Absolutely horrible. And it looked like Zion tweaked his ankle a little bit, too, in that game. But – I said to myself like on the on Paul George's third third or fourth three I'm like holy shit dude like everything this guy shoots is butter there he there's not a shot that this guy puts up that's a bad shot you know the only yeah. the only problem with Paul I have is that if he hits those three he's shooting the next five and kind of takes a lot of people out of that offense a little bit I get it no I get it heat check I get it
1: um you got to go ahead and do it <laughs> I get it but it was a good game yeah you got to do guy. it
0: it was a good game for Reggie Jackson. It was a really good game for uh, to, for Morris. Kawhi's first possession went to the free throw line, got to sink two, and then like that's kind of big for a shooter's mentality. Uh, we own that squad. Like just killed it, and I think it's a good momentum booster. Move it, going into tomorrow, we have a 1 p.m. game. I forget who we play tomorrow. I should know that, but I don't. Um, there's not much more to take away from that game, and Zion didn't even look that good either. Like, they looked like a – very, very young team going against us. The Clippers dusted off the cobwebs in this game, right? Like, that, like we
1: said, the, that first matchup, Lakers-Clippers, was super physical, really sloppy, all over the place. This game, you guys dialed in, and the shooting performance is incredible. Like, so, like, we, like we talked about on the, on the last episode, once these shooters start getting used to this atmosphere with that background and, and everything like that, I do think we're going to see some pretty crazy numbers as far as, you know, record-breaking things for teams making as many threes as that. I mean, the fact that you guys had 16 threes in the first half, when I saw that, I did a double-take. I was like, wait, they had 16 threes in the first half? That's fucking insane.
0: And, and yeah, yeah, you finish with 20 Two turnovers.
1: Right, exactly. So it was, a, it was like literally the perfect bounce-back game for, for the Clippers after that, you know, tough loss. And the thing that surprised me the most about the Pelicans – is that it just, there didn't seem to be any urgency here. And I think this is, you know, it's easy to, to look at the schedule saying that, you know, eight games is is, is a lot. Eight games is a lot of games. We, we have some time here. But really, that that window is, the door is closing very quickly on these games. They're coming so thick and so fast. You're playing a game pretty much every other day. You know, these games are going to go by fast. And if the Pelicans cannot at least perform a little bit better and be a little bit more competitive, they're not gonna they're not gonna make the ninth seed. I mean, right now, the way that it stands, Memphis has lost two games in a row. Pelicans have lost two games in a row. Portland, luckily for Memphis, yeah, Portland, luckily for Memphis and for the Pelicans in New Orleans, has won won a game and then lost. It's a big loss for everybody. But Portland's already in the ninth seed. They're already, they're already there. Right. So all this stuff about how, oh man, maybe the, the lead could be going one way or the other they got to they got to start doing it now Agreed. and a, as much as you want to give zion minutes restrictions you know fine if that's the case then just then then just let your fan base know that we may not make the playoffs and it's and it's not all about us trying to make the playoffs this year because he needs to be playing as many minutes as he physically can of course with the, with the, the long term being mm-hmm. obviously the goal and it's just they just need to make that decision because if he's playing 18 20 minutes they're not going to win any
0: games I thought it was – you know, first of all, I missed Mike Green. I missed Jeff Van Gundy, Mark Jackson, the yeah. whole TNT crew. But Pelicans going into half – I mean, we were up 45 on them at one point, bro. 45. Yeah. I mean, that is just – that's unreal. And I think it was 30-something at halftime. And they just sulked off the floor. Their, their body language was horrible. And um, Mark Jackson asked uh, – Jeff Van Gundy, like, what would you say in the locker room with the, and, and uh, Van Gundy said, I you, it'd be bleeped out. The whole thing would be bleeped out. The whole energy. Seriously. Cause he's <laughs> like, I saw the body language and the energy. Like if you're going to pre- like, you, you can't go down like this, man. And I think that just right. sh- shows the age of the squad. I think their oldest guy is obviously JJ and like favors, you know, who are, who are veterans in the NBA, but they kind of show their age on this. So um Again, I was stoked to hear all these guys' voices, and it was funny watching TNT because, dude, they are so spread out. You've seen this, right? <laughs> the, the 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 desk at TNT, uh, and I guess what's funny is Chuck was Chuck was so funny the other night. Chuck is like, man, this is so, this sucks so bad. I gotta go in there and watch it by myself. Like, I ain't got nobody to talk shit to, and then they're so far apart. You know what I mean? It's a different dynamic. I got the table from the Last Supper, bro. That's,
1: that's the Last Supper table. That's how big that shit is. You can fit 40 people on that table in normal conditions, man. Kenny that's, said, that's so Kenny funny.
0: Said, Kenny said that table was Shaq's headboard. <laughs> he said, oh, Shaq, this is, did you bring this headboard from your home? Like, that shit is so funny. Um, that's uh, That may be the first funny thing that Kenny's ever said. I know we got to finish this up here. I got a couple things I want to bring up, though. I have three things. Number one, um, our whole thought of this shit is going to be weird without fans. It's weird, but I'm—I've literally I'm past it. Like I don't even notice. And honestly, I love the fact that the fans are the players. Okay, I love hearing the players' reaction to everything that their team does. Right, and you have to put that into consideration. Like if you are—if your people that are on your bench are going to be your fans literally pushing you the the energy's got to be huge on that bench you feel me and i Definitely. love seeing, totally like uh, uh who's the older the older cat on boston wanamaker right brad wanamaker yeah brad wanamaker's traveled the whole plate he's 31 okay he's been playing overseas forever brad stevens loves this guy he got a bang out the other night for the first time like ever yeah the whole team went crazy right even watching Terrence Mann hit that final three, it was his only shot of the game, hits the three. It's good to see Paul George and everybody on the bench jump up, and um, I love it. I'm not even noticing the fans right now. Crazy, right?
1: Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I, I know, I, I'm sure being there live, like, in, in the arena is a very unique experience, very much different than, than the experience that we're getting as fans watching on television. It's almost the same. Like, honestly, I, I don't notice much of a difference Um, I mean, we're all well aware that there's no fans, but it doesn't affect, doesn't seem to affect anything. Um, The the two things that it does do and and two things that I do really like is the first is that it's a it's very much like a pickup game kind of atmosphere where the players can hear everything that everyone's saying to each other. So that shit talk back and forth is happening a little bit more than I expected. and And it seems like it's creating Uh, A more intense level than because, like you know, if you're trying to talk shit to somebody and there's 20,000 people screaming, you know that you're not you're not going to hear every word that that's happening. These players are are having conversations back and forth. We're not necessarily able to hear them, unfortunately, all the time. We can hear bits and pieces of it from time to time, but that part is really cool because you know we we saw it. You know the the all ball comment that that everyone seemed to make a big deal about when. Braun was driving against Kawhi and he slapped that shit out and LeBron was saying he grabbed my hand and Kawhi goes all ball, all ball. And like all of that stuff is, it. it's so much fun. That's, that's the stuff that happens when you're playing in 24 hour fitness. That's the stuff it. that happens when you're playing, you know, pickup games outside on the court. or uh, even You, the you scrimmage have that conversation. Get you get,
0: scrimmage actually right
1: exactly and that and I honestly think like you know I you know, we were kind of going back and forth is like well it, is the intensity level gonna be there without fans like are these guys still gonna get up and it's and it's it's there more because there it's like that one-on-one thing is happening now where you're 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 going right at, at your your opponent and the, and you're 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 really only there with your team so that the the close-knit um, factor about being the fans for your squad and everyone seems to be supporting every little thing. It's, it's very much like college AAU kind of atmosphere. I love that. The second thing is these refs are also hearing every single word that's being said. You can no longer mumble underneath your breath. "Ah, go fuck yourself mm-hmm. uh, because the refs are going bop. That's a T right there. And uh, that is the second piece that I think is pretty hilarious. Is like, Guys like, uh, you know, Markeith Morris, who got a technical last night against the uh, the Raptors. Uh, he, I think he just said something like, same fucking call.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: the, and the ref, you know, in a normal arena, normal situation, maybe doesn't hear that. Maybe lets that slide. Maybe thinks he's talking to somebody else. But because there's no noise in, in the arena, immediately just goes, Rap, that's a T. You're teed up. So these, the, the refs are also hearing everything. And I think that's a new dynamic for us too. So
0: that's kind of going into my, my main, my main hot take. Before uh, I get into the main one, the one prior, we had said that in these scrimmage games, I said, there's so much room on these courts, right? Like there is so much room. It every single game drew, I wrote it in my notes. I'm like, yo, it looks like bowling pins. People are flying everywhere, right? (laughs) They know that they have all this room, right? Like, this is made for Russell Westbrook. This it was made for Giannis, right? Just like full steam ahead. I have 15 more feet of room. I'm going full on. But people are flying everywhere. Bowling pins, okay? And we're yeah, going to I it, think that's like, great. It is great because I, I think mean, that's the, great. The physicality is right there. Here's my hot take. Going off of what you're saying about the refs. These dudes, refs included, have been in this bubble for 3 weeks, right? All we're thinking about is basketball. It is just us in this bubble. We are preparing every one of these games. We are so focused, so prepared. We need to chill on the technicals and the taunting. Let these guys play, okay? This is Let these guys play. If they want to hang on the rim or if they want to stare at somebody, let's keep it like a pickup game. You know, I understand things are really casual right now. Like, the I, I love how the coaches can wear polos. The refs have a different – a relaxed vibe. You know what I'm saying? It is a much more relaxed vibe. Let's let these guys play, get into their emotions a little bit, because we want to see that, bro. I want to see Marcus Morris say same fucking call, because he's saying the same thing that we're saying at home. Absolutely. Without the disrespect, okay? There can't be any blatant disrespect. I get it. But if Giannis comes down and manhandles somebody and bangs on his head, give him two seconds to look at somebody. You know?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And that's a... That's, a, that's the tough part for the refs to get get used to because, again, a lot of that is drowned out by the crowd, right? So when Giannis goes down and hammers a dunk, the whole stadium erupts and, and drowns out maybe some of the screams or some of the stuff that he would say. Uh, and I totally agree. They can't – you can't just be teeing everybody up left and right because they just say, you know, one word or, or something like that. We, we want to see that intensity and that competition level. And they deserve and see, it. They That's what happens when you're, when you're playing
0: basketball. I agree. And I just feel that they deserve it. I always compare it. My dad, who's so old school with football, right, hates when people celebrate off a tackle or anything like that. My dad literally hates it. But I always tell him, like, yo, these guys play one game a week. They've been, they've been hitting their own teammates all week. They've been pumped, focused on this next team. When they get a tackle or a sack, they're stoked because they've been waiting all week, you know? this right we put these guys in this confined environment and then try to censor them and like try to you know it's already censored as it is it's already like getting soft as it is but let us if we're going to change a little bit about the dynamic of basketball right now and be a little more liaison fair if if you may you know let's let these guys talk a little shit and let's give us something to watch and and, you know you feel me so definitely i'm with that what else you got going forward i know we're going to record on On Wednesday, uh, anything that you're going to be looking for right now?
1: Yeah, I I just want to say that uh, that Heat-Nuggets game was a a really good game, Um, and Miami won that game by 20 20 points. Uh, So I feel real good about what I said about Miami being kind of my sleeper pick in the East, and I do think, especially um, after the results of that uh, Sixers-Pacers game, I think that Miami is one of the strongest teams in the East. Uh, And, and, you know, like I'm saying, especially given, you know, the up and down nature of Jason Tatum and the Celtics, like when you're talking about in games left, six games left for most of these teams to try and figure it out before we actually roll into the playoffs. Um, Miami is looking real tough. And I know we touched on TJ Warren, but I got to bring it up again. 53 points, man, on, on 29 shots. That is – he hit 20 of 29. That is beautiful. Like, that's fantastic.
0: And everything
1: that everyone has said is the whole cash considerations thing. Like, Phoenix let him go for just a couple hundred thousand dollars or whatever it was. You know, what – it just proves again how horribly run the Phoenix Suns organization is and how it – like, you know, really when we're talking about the worst organizations in sports – it's Phoenix and it's New York Knicks and it's not even close like those two organizations. And right now the Knicks might actually have the edge because they just revamped their whole front office with worldwide West. And uh, you know, the guy from uh, CAA getting in there, I I think, you know, we continue to see why uh, the Suns don't do anything year after years because they're completely mismanaged, but big shout out to TJ Warren and a big shout out to Embiid who put up 41 and 21 in a losing effort.
0: Uh, it's going to be a great week full of basketball. We're going to continue to try to watch every single game. I don't even have the paper in my notebook to keep up with all this shit, Drew. So <laughs> we just got to keep it going. We're going to be back on Wednesday and we're going to take them out with an old school one, Drew. You're going to love doing this one. Timbaland and Magoo love to love you. This beat is forever a classic. Bang it. Turn it up. Screenshot. Show us your listening to the show. It's the follow through and Drew, Drew. Drew. go. I love what you got on. A tight see-through dress with some green and pink tongue. Word is on Can I pick you up in my 850 or do you want to pick me up in your black limo? it goes. A evening that's memorable. A year ago you didn't like me because I had no dough. Whoa. A black man on a mission Wishing that your crazy ass will listen Hear about what you've been missing huh. I know you wanna do it I know you wanna ride it My own Get on me, bone I like your own And I gotta throw your crazy
1: ass out, homie
0: That cliche like fade done away. Run your fingers through my head and squeeze my nipples. Love the way you're talking in my ear like that, baby it tickles. Uh. Later for uptown, it's time to go downtown. Oh wow, since you see club click, now take a look around. Dive in my billy ocean, crazy walk now. Quick to respond when I come, just keep it there now. Move over please, cause you're driving me nuts You went past my sugar wall, straight to my guts I came, you come, you still do amaze me One of the reasons why I love to love you, baby